0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many of us will have listened last Sunday to the Prime Minister's latest statement on the lockdown with a growing sense of confusion, despondency, and I know for many, fury. However, I was taken aback by my own response. Where I expected anger, I felt instead an increasing sense of numbness, deadness, almost, as the PM spoke and thrust repeatedly his impotent fists towards us. It aroused in many of us an awareness that, yet again, the most vulnerable in our society are placed in increasingly greater risk, while the more privileged among us are allowed to play golf again. On reflection, my sense of deadness was an awareness that this crisis was changing little, really, and our response to it was something with which I no longer wished to be associated. I felt increasingly disengaged and it troubled me. I doubt I'm alone when I say that the trajectory of this so-called recovery is deeply unsettling, particularly when held up against the two great commandments Jesus gave to his disciples to love God and to love our neighbour as ourselves. Unlike Mr Johnson's commandments, Jesus' instructions are clear. At least we think they are, perhaps because they are so familiar to us. They slip nicely off the tongue for most Christians. But 2000 years after their utterance, we still seem confused, conflicted, and even with the best will in the world, unable to adhere to them. Part of the difficulty, I think, is that they are so inextricably linked. Love of God, love of other, love of self. Most of us can manage to do one, or on a good day two, of these at any one time. But all of them, all at once. It seems that two's company, but three's a crowd regardless of whether they're socially distanced or not. We quickly discover that we just can't pull these commandments apart. They are as enmeshed as the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, neighbour, self. In our Gospel, Jesus makes it clear that the only way to effectively and sustainably love in this Trinitarian way is is by opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We cannot love as we are called to love, as we long to love and be loved, through our own strength. To love like God we need the power of God and his great gift to us, as Jesus explains today, is his spirit. We are never left alone without the support and resource of this love. This helps me a great deal when I think about this numbness I feel sometimes in the face of what's going on in the world. The Spirit can show us how passion and virtuous fury is located in our deadened parts, our absence of feeling or zeal for bringing about the kingdom of God. It is the Spirit who can bring us back to life, re-engage us with the purposes of God and enable us to act as Jesus, who was no stranger to righteous anger, in our world. The ever-creative spirit helps us forge a life in the moment, the here and now. We are held and enriched and created afresh moment by moment. This is enough. This is bounty. This is grace and it does not descend from on high, but resides within each of us, moving, probing, responding to our deepest needs and desires, and encouraging us to be more than we thought we could be. We are doing our best under extraordinarily difficult circumstances. I know that. The church is serving and caring for the most vulnerable in our midst. And creating new channels by which to minister to our isolated world. More people than turn up to church on a Sunday are tuning in to our online offerings as we seek to bring Christ into people's homes. And we should rejoice and embrace this new thing that the Holy Spirit is doing while we long to be among one another, bodily as well as spiritually, again. In the meantime though, Nothing is wasted. This can be challenging to believe and inhabit in our current circumstances, when people feel frightened, fraught and impotent. It can be difficult to see what is precious about life in the here and now, when we're feeling deprived of people and experiences. But the Holy Spirit is more expansive than we can envisage or hope for or imagine. So in this time of crisis and fear, if we are to be spirit-led we must take care that this expands rather than shrinks our perspective, our engagement, our love. There are those I know who think the church should not involve herself in politics. I'm not one of them. I've said this before, I know, but I believe it's worth repeating. I hold dear Desmond Tutu's observation that when people tell me that religion and politics don't mix, I wonder which Bible they're reading. How we care for the least of our brothers and sisters, and for ourselves, is how we care for the Christ we claim to love. Neighbours are not just those who live nearby. Care and concern is not just for those related to us by blood. Or those in our household. God is intimately concerned for the whole of His creation, for all people, and as God's people, we must be too. There are plenty of people of goodwill, and thank God for them, but we have been summoned to follow Jesus and to be guided by the Spirit, and as such, We are called to be brave and ferocious for everything we do to be with an eye to the bigger picture, the God picture. How do we do this? How do we grow rather than withdraw during this time? By praying earnestly for the gift of the Holy Spirit, by asking for open hearts, widened understanding, unflinching courage, amplified compassion. This period of the church year leading to Pentecost is the ideal time for us to engage in this focused praying, asking the spirit to enliven the dispirited, tired parts of us, to direct our minds to those things that need light shining on them, to inspire us to respond passionately with hearts, hands and voices as we strive to live and love as we have been created and invited to do. May you be blessed with the power, inspiration and resilience of the spirit. And wherever you are, whatever your circumstances, come to know the love of God all people yourself as one and the same love and the path to transformation, wholeness and peace.